Welcome to the Innovators Insider Podcast. I'm Mike LaFleche, the professor, joined by my friend and colleague, Richard Doyle, the user group guy. Happy, happy, happy day to you. I was going to say the name of the day, but the day we're recording this is not going to be the day you watch this. Just to- That's right. And, and, you know, who knows when we might be, you know, things happen and we don't post this on that, that appropriate day that we shall not name. Uh, but yeah, it is a happy day. I'm glad to be here. Uh, we've got a great show today. We've got for the second year in a row, we're going to be talking to one of the BattleBots teams. Um, we are sponsoring Team Switchback this year. Uh, I had a chance to meet the team uh, over in the pits uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, the shows are going on right now on the Discovery Channel. You can catch BattleBots every Thursday night at 8 p.m. or as they say, check your local listings. Uh, and we're very pleased to have three members of the team here. So let's bring in Greg, Orion, and James. Welcome, everybody. Hey there. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. We're very happy to be here. Well, good. We're happy to have you. And, and uh, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, this is my second year with, you know, really being a fan of BattleBots and really getting involved in it. Uh, and it just keeps getting better and better all the time. Um, and now we're getting to talk to a second team. So... Um, why don't we start things off by you guys telling us a little bit about yourselves. Greg, why don't you kick it off for us? Uh, yeah, so I'm a, a mechanical engineer. I went to uh, RIT. I've uh, been a longtime CAD user. I've pretty much used every CAD software under the planet. And um, I've been doing combat robotics for a good number of years. But uh, my main, you know, I'm really deeply involved with uh, FIRST Robotics and um, that organization. And so currently I, uh, I'm the CEO of Rev Robotics. And so I, I play uh, robot BattleBots captain on TV, but I do robots every day. And, and what does Rev Robotics do exactly? Uh, so Rev Robotics is an educational robotics company. And we produce products that get used by schools all over the world to teach kids STEM. So... A lot of students all over the place get their first opportunity to get engaged with motors and motor controllers and programming by using our products, both in the classroom and through competitions like FIRST. Wow. So what, what led you into the world of robotics, Greg? I mean, what, what, I mean, I usually ask this, the origin story of, of people we have on the show. And I would love to hear that before we get into the to the rest of the team and and in uh, switchback itself. So I'm one of yeah. So I'm one of the you know traditional engineering types. You know had you know taking stuff apart when I was little, building stuff, playing with Legos. Uh, my dad used to have an air conditioning and heating company, and that so he used to bring stuff home. I used to be on the job site. So like that natural inclination from an engineering perspective has been around for a long time. Um, actually. I got my start because I saw BattleBots on TV back during the Comedy Central runs um, and knew that I wanted to do that. And because I wanted to do that or I wanted to do Junkyard Wars, I went and kind of pressed myself to learn how to weld, learn how to CAD. Um, and then when I was in high school, I started my first robotics team at my high school. Um, and so I stayed involved with FIRST, but you know, technically the thing that got me really interested in robotics from the start was actually seeing BattleBots on Comedy Central. So, nice, uh, nice. so it's kind of like a full circle type type of thing being on a, a team now. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it seems like you've created your perfect environment to succeed in the thing you love to do. I mean, you, 
you, know, you have this company, you have these parts, you're helping other teams. It's a really inspirational story, I think, personally, to, to see you here and talking to us right now with, with yeah. all that background. Yeah, and it, and it you know it feels great doing what we're doing. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of it's we've there's a lot of really amazing stories, but like talking to some of the kids, especially at some of the events that we are a part of, like uh, First Global, um, we've got kids using Rev products in 180 countries around the world, and so we've met with students who their first opportunity to build something is using Rev parts and. These kids are like my, the favorite ones that I, I love to talk about this team, but um, it's a team called Team Hope, and they're actually a group of refugees um, who are participating on a robotics team representing refugees around uh, to, to basically, and they've got a whole program to basically kind of change the perspective of what refugees are and who those people are, and uh, they're doing it through robotics. And so, you know, hearing about their experiences being um, refugees living in another country in these refugee, um, you know, facilities, but they're having a great time competing on the world stage using robotics, understanding and learning code. It's pretty amazing um, and puts a lot of this in perspective about the impact of the work that, that we do every day. Because sometimes we just get lost in the like, oh, let's build a wheel with slightly higher coefficient of friction because this team wants to, to do that. But um, the impact that we get to do every single day through our partnerships with first and you know global programs really makes getting up every day uh pretty easy yeah absolutely that i mean just to, to be able to help a little bit you know i mean you know people's situations you know are tough in, in that in that space so being able to give a little glimmer of hope or something else to think about you know something else to do you know that's incredible thank you for doing that that's that's great uh maybe we should introduce the rest of the uh, team switchback, and then we should uh, get into the rest of the show. So um, how about you, Orion? Maybe we can uh, start with you. Yeah. Um, so my name is uh, Orion Dio. Um, I work at Rev Robotics. Uh, Greg's my boss. Um, I'm a, a senior ME. Um, I, I'm pretty self-taught, so I, I didn't actually go to university. I, I kind of learned on the job and um, made my way through a variety of different industries and ended up um, ended up here at Rev. Um, I started started all everything with an internship right out of um, high school, and um, I, I got interested in engineering through the first robotics family programs. Um, got the internship through the first robotics family programs um, that that Rev serves, and um, you know got a lot of experience and grew through variety of different jobs and ended up ended up at rev robotics um was i've been interested in BattleBots for a long time and when greg brought up the idea of of you know doing a, a BattleBots uh, robot and and um kind of reviving his old team and and you know getting on the show again i was i was on board like from day one it was that sounded like a great thing and i was pumped to do it um yeah and i i, I Growing up, you know, I, I watched the show and and learning CAD and everything um, through high school and and afterwards, I filled up folders on my hard drive full of like conceptual designs for BattleBots over the years. So it, it was a it was a good fit for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then uh, how about you, James? 
Hi, everyone. I am James. I'm currently a junior at Worcester Polytechnic Institute. Um, I've been involved in the competition robotics scene for probably the past 10 years, um, starting out with the first family, uh, moving up all the way to the first robotics competition. Um, I know Greg and Orion through my internship at Red Robotics, actually. And so I interned, there, I interned there this past summer, and I was lucky enough to join the Switchback crew for this season. Um, outside of Switchback and BattleBots, I actually do uh, combat robotics stuff. So I'm currently the president of the Combat Robotics Club here at WPI. Um, compete in one pound, three pound, 12 pound, now all the way up to 250 pound. Wow. Yeah, I love, uh, love WPI. I've been there a lot. You know, I'm a Worcester kind of person. So uh, yeah, go, go, uh, go engineers. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but now it's made me curious why your clock says 1020. Decorative <clears> clock. <throat> <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys have a great team. I mean, a lot of experience, uh, a lot of excitement. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the season. And uh, for our listeners right now, we can't give away too much because the, uh, the season is still being aired. Uh, but you did have uh, one fight. That was already that's already been aired. Why don't you talk about uh, that battle a little bit? Sure. So, um, yeah. So, for I guess stepping back for one second, Switchback is totally new this season, right? So, if you saw Switchback a year ago on Discovery Channel and you were like, "What is that weird orange robot doing? And why did it just get you know its butt kicked by uh, by Blacksmith?" Um, check out the new robot design because it's totally different and way better and like. 96% of ways. Um, so we had our first fight of the season um, up against Banshee, and Banshee is a brand new pneumatic flipper. And uh, that fight went really well for us. Um, I, I think one of the one of the challenges of BattleBots that maybe people don't know is it's impossible to really test these robots. So in a with even within the first competition or within anything you're building on your own, it's pretty safe to be around. So you can go through iteration. You could test things. Like we cannot safely hit anything, right? Like we cannot actually put these robots to the test. And so when you get into the two battle bots, going into your first fight is literally your shakedown. You don't know what it's going to be like. Um, the forces are crazy. The impacts are nuts. You've got an audience and lights, and it's like a sensory experience. Um, so it was kind of the first fight was going into like we felt pretty confident that the robot was good, um, but we uh, we broke two things pretty quickly in that fight. Um, our arm uh, our arm gearbox like completely destroyed itself like within the first hit, which was a surprise to us. And then um, and then our weapon. Uh, also self-destructed and caught on fire during that fight. So uh, we did win that fight um, because they also broke. And before our weapon went down, we did a pretty good amount of damage to them. And ultimately, if you just stay aggressive and do some damage, you can win these fights. But it was definitely not a perfect outing for us uh, in, in any sense in regards to like damaging our own robot. So um, the good news is that you learn a lot from these each one of these fights. And so we apply everything that we learn each fight and to the next fight. And so we get better as the season goes on. And we'll take that learning into the next version of Switchback as well. 
Yep. And I watched that fight. And uh, yeah, probably like yourselves. And, uh, you know, I wasn't standing there with the controller um, watching a robot, you know, watching my robot be hit. But I felt for you right away after that first hit. It was like, oh, no. But then the, the, the way you drove it, the way you finished that match. And I had to totally agree with the judge's decision. It was unanimous that, that you guys had won that battle. So um, very good. Um, Orion, let me let me ask you this. Uh, I'll throw this one out at you. Um, have you seen any other great matches this season? Oh boy, um, probably some of my favorite ones. I can't actually talk about yet because they haven't aired. But uh, <laughs> so so full disclosure, I actually did not go to the event live. Um, I uh, was I was busy and I was recovering from uh, from an event we had done. Um, I think Greg mentioned First Global earlier. That was kind of a, a very very interesting thing. So um, I did not actually see very many fights live. But um, let's see, I'm trying to think of fights that I've seen this season so far. That's a tough one. You know, the- uh, let me let me throw a couple of examples out at you. Uh, one that that I was really excited to watch was Sawblaze versus Hypershock. And oh, when Sawblaze, yeah. yeah, Sawblaze's weapon just literally stuck into Hypershock's underside. And I remember they had to stop that match, and they they couldn't pull them apart right there in the arena. They actually had to take them back to the pits. And, and I watched those guys. You know, they did a little clip on uh, on the show. And I watched them, and they were out out there with actual with cutters, and they were just cutting things yeah. apart, trying to get those two robots apart. Um, I so you know I've been like I said I've watched watched all the episodes that have been uh, been aired so far. One of the robots that I think is is really strong, really really fast is Claw Viper. You guys familiar with that bot? Yep. Yeah they they did a full rework I think. Yeah that that robot kind of defies physics. They've got a crazy amount of downforce magnets where they suck to the floor and they're using four motors for their drivetrain that are the equivalent motors to what a lot of teams use for their weapons so they have a stupid amount of energy in their drivetrain and because of their their downforce with the magnets they can deliver that to the ground Um, one of the things that is difficult is you're still traction limited the box is really grimy and kind of dirty on the floor and so um, at some point if you don't have a way to drive a bunch of magnets to increase your uh, your downforce you're going to be slipping and sliding and so most robots are traction limited um, in how much they can push and claw viper has found the right balance of tires magnetic downforce and um, the weapon motors they use for gearing to make that a incredibly dangerous robot Really, really fast. I, I, I actually enjoyed watching watching him pick up the other robot and just kind of zoom it all the way across the arena. Uh, so, yeah, fight, fighting. Uh, people people don't realize this, I think, too. But like the a lot of the weapons in in combat is all about trying to like use general world physics against the other team, right? It doesn't matter whether you get hit by a giant blade, which is carrying a ton of kinetic energy, or you get slammed into the wall. At, 25 miles an hour like you're still delivering that energy and you're just trying to hope for a wire to come undone or a, you know physically break something on the inside of it um that i mean the flippers right they want to use the ground and gravity to do all the damage to you right so um 
Yeah, it doesn't matter how the energy is delivered as long as it's effectively delivered. And Claw Viper has perfected that uh, fast control bot. That that brings up another another question that I had. So um, I, I watched a couple of battles with some very very big weapons, and at times they almost seem to work against themselves. Um, you know, with a, when a, when a collision happens, for for instance, a, a, a high a, a horizontal spinner versus a, a vertical spinner, and that collision happens. Sometimes the bigger weapon is the one that gets thrown across the uh, across the arena. Uh, is that something that you have to worry about? You know, your weapon being used against you. Yeah, I think James is the one who should take this question because he's 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 got all the uh, combat physics in his <laughs> seeping out of his brain. All right. Sure. So uh, you mentioned vertical spinners and horizontal spinners. Um, so typically, horizontal spinners have a harder time during those engagements because all the energy after a hit, half of that has to go back into the robot. Um, whereas with the vertical spinners, they have the ground to brace themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why you see a lot of really effective vertical spinners with uh, a little bit smaller uh, spinner mass than those horizontal spinners. Uh, like Greg was mentioning earlier, um, your goal isn't necessarily to completely destroy the outside of the robot. Sometimes you kind of just need to get a really lucky hit and just uh, unplug one wire or um, break somebody's PCB on the inside of the robot. And so that's kind of the aim for a lot of those really big horizontal spinners. Hey, that answers my question perfectly. Thank you very much. Uh, I did notice there was one other robot. Um, I think it's uh, Quantum. Is that the one with the teeth? Yep. And, and I, I, I found that to be an interesting, interesting robot. The damage it tries to inflict is internal, correct? I mean, you watch those teeth come down and they just sink right into the into the uh, uh, into the opponent. Um, is that a strategy that's new or is that something that's been used by other teams before? Yeah, and Quantum Quantum's using hydraulics um, to push in um, to the other robots. I mean, there have been other robots over the years that do that. Uh, the Quantum guys have been doing a version of that robot for a very long time. But you also had other ones like Petunia and um, other other kind of control bots, it, it, it works. It's just, they have to get you, right? And so it's one of those things where a vertical or horizontal weapon, a glancing blow can do a huge amount of damage versus those, they've got to, it's going to take time to pierce in. So if they can't outdrive you, they can't win. Now they're a very good drive team and it's a very fast and effective robot. Um, but these are kind of the, all the, the same type of choices. There's, there's kind of like a rock, scissors, paper of, of, of what type of robots pair up really well with other types of robots. But um, it, it, it's all about different strategy. And I think that that's one of the coolest parts about BattleBots and combat robotics in general is that it's so open-ended on what you can do. And there's so many people out there who are like, oh, that's never going to work. And then all of a sudden, hey, guess what? It, it actually did work because of this thing. But um, you just have to kind of decide. Um, adding on to your other thing about the horizontals, too, is that you know every team is up against the same weight class, right? So we're all 250 pounds. How you spend that weight is up to you. And so some teams are very, like, weapon forward where, you know, they're, they're a glass house with, like, a giant weapon and they want to do those like one hit KOs and everybody, most everybody else has to say, Oh, well, how much do I put to 
to armor? How much do I put to weapon? How much do I put to, you know, motors and internal mechanisms? So that that kind of sliding scale and the people, different teams' strategies really plays into how successful they are in the competition. I think that there are a lot going to be a lot less one-hit robots in future seasons, like the tombstones and the deep sixes, the like, I'm going to hit you one time and you're going to die, um, and more kind of mid-level robots that play a little bit of control, a little bit of damage, uh, like in that kind of hybrid state, kind of where Switchback lives now, um, just because of the variance of being able to compete against a pneumatic or a horizontal or a vertical. You've kind of got to be a Swiss Army knife robot to be successful these days. So, so how do you deal with that that aspect of things? I'm a complete newbie with BattleBots, and I am completely unfamiliar with the rules. Like, are you able to adapt throughout the competition and change out different weapons and try to get get on a better playing field with your opponent? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, every most robots have multiple configurations. Um, so in Switchback, it's easy to kind of talk about ours. So, we've got different. Um, front end armor. So we've got like, we call them ray guns, but like we have individual wedges. Um, we've got a full front wedge. We've got a thing called a beak, which is attached to, that's what we used in our first fight. That's attached to the arm. We have these tusks that come down attached to it. So we have all these different configurations and um, we used uh, James Mastermind up there to figure out uh, which configurations for which types of robots. Because like if we're going up against a horizontal, we need to absorb that first hit and deflect it. So a big front plow makes sense for that. If we're trying to win the ground game, um, putting something on our arm so that we can scrape, you know, active down and win that ground game, that's why we'll use like the beak. Um, and so we have all those different configurations and we can change it for every single match. The, the only thing we're um, constrained to is the 250 pounds. So we have different weapons. So we have um, three different types of weapons that we put on. Uh, we have different panels. So we have some panels. Uh, I think I talked about this publicly enough that I could share it here. But if you look at a picture of our robot in any fight, it always kind of looks the same. But we do these like kind of stealthy games where we have all this carbon fiber on our robot. And some of those pieces of the robot are actual carbon fiber. And some of those are steel panels that are covered with carbon fiber, um, like plastic um, faux carbon fiber. So a team doesn't know like, oh, that panel's really thick or that panel's really thin because we kind of were a little stealthy on it. So we have every robot that we fight has a different configuration of switchback. Interesting, interesting. Well, a lot of thought goes into this. <laughs> yeah, and, and people like come up with stuff on the fly too. Like when we get who we're fighting, we might say like, oh, we're really strong against another vert or another drum. But then you get paired up against a horizontal and you're like, I got nothing for them. But you learn about that fight, I don't know, a few days or a week ahead of time. And we might be designing something new and fabricating it in the pit. I think the most famous variant of that is probably like Hydra's bike rack up against huge, where they literally like, learned they were fighting huge like the day before, came up with this strategy, went and stealthily took measurements of huge in the pit while they weren't there, and then just started welding and fabricating this thing that they just bolted on their robot and then created this giant controversy. So um, I think the best teams are the ones who are able to adapt to 
different situations. Makes sense. You mentioned huge. That's an, an interesting robot for sure. <laughs> I love that robot. I mean, I, I'm all about like the creative different robots. Um, and I think that, you know, there, there are the meta bots, right? The ultimate, like, I'm just a really optimized vert. Um, and, and those always perform well in the competition. But I, I, I love robots that try new things and maybe mix some things up. Uh, and that's, you know, Huge is definitely one of those out there designs that everybody doubted uh, when it first debuted. And then they just started wrecking people. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of weapons, let's talk about Onshape Live and the design contest. So you, your team has been gracious enough to partner with us to do a little design contest. And the basic rules of the contest are to design a weapon, a weapon system, new weapon system for Switchback, correct? That's right. And we're going to go ahead. I've got some uh, and uh, just a couple of bits of information on that. You do need to be registered for Onshape Live to participate. Um, and you can go to onshapelive.com and you'll find the rules for the design contest along with some, uh, uh, <clears throat> some other documentation on that. Um, so as an employee, I'm not eligible, um, but I've come up with my own little design and I wanted to run it by you guys here. All right. Look at that. Okay, so Are this is boots? still this is still in the, still in the design stage, everybody. Um, so you know we'll, we'll we'll get there, and I'm really only working so far on the uh, on the weapon itself. But you can see, I think it kicks butt. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it so much. That's amazing. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a balanced weapon, so it might not do well around. Yeah, I, I think you need I, to add another set on the other side. That's you, what, that's you, what need you need least, to do. And, and you have three shoes on that, right? So you at least need to go full three pairs, right? Like, okay, yeah, it's got to be an even number total, right? I, I will also say that if if we ever built that weapon, there is absolutely 100 percent we have to get shoes that fit it, right? Like. <laughs> Like that's how we have to like, yeah, it's one thing to like cut them out of aluminum or steel, but we actually have to find like kids shoes that fit on those perfectly. And then like before the match, we can like lace up the little Nikes or whatever. So Great. Hey, I appreciate the feedback on the design guys and I will get busy on finding those shoes. Yeah, no, but the, the design contest is pretty cool. And I actually, it's a, it's a, one of the, one of the great things about Onshape and one of the reasons that we really wanted to design with Onshape this year is, the ability to share um, and work both remotely and together all online. Um, it really solved a lot of our PLM issues that we had in previous years about just managing who's working on what. But we knew from the very start with doing Onshape, you know, Rev and kind of our whole mindset is about sharing and getting people interested and trying to learn how to design. Um, I think that there's this like, oh, this is really hard I don't know where to start that maybe the general public has. And it's true in most CAD systems where you have to install it on your computer, it's really expensive. You need a really high grade computer to run it and all this other stuff. That's a challenge. So with Onshape, because it's all web-based, we totally could just, we could share our files. And I, I cannot actually know, I do not know of another BattleBot ever during the season, like during the active season, who's ever just like put their CAD files out there and let everybody criticize backseat quarterback, our design decisions, 
Um, and we think that this is a great way for people to learn. And so when we were talking about ways to collaborate um, with Onshape doing this design competition, a, a person does not need to design the whole robot. They just need to design a spinning mass and can kind of learn a little bit about how all that works in the hopes that maybe we get some cool open source engineering uh, for next year's robot, but also giving people the built up confidence of how to design what this process looks like so that they can then go design their own robot or their own whatever they want to design um, in professional tools. Yep. And there are some prizes for the uh, for this contest. And first prize, I believe you guys are actually going to prototype the winning winning design and yep. do some at least do some pictures or some videos uh, around that. It may or may not be a weapon that's uh, that's uh, eligible for, you know, to continue with battle. Um, but you never know. Right. Hopefully yeah. you do find something like yeah. that. My, my hope is that, like, you know, I know that we've got some of the builders from other teams uh, playing around in this competition, too. And so for all we know, like, I would love in a perfect like dream world, I would love for the winning design to be made by maybe one of the other builders on another team. We take it to BattleBots and then end up fighting that team against them with the weapon that they designed and then beat them with their own weapon. I like that, that, <laughs> that story arc like plays real strong with me. I, I know it's like a long, long stretch the whole way, but um, I think there's no reason that a weapon that is designed by somebody from the Onshape community could not make the robot next year. I mean, they're, we tried to put all the information out there about how they're designed and interfaced and things like that. And, um, yeah, but we are happy. We're gonna we're gonna pick the big one, the the first one uh, that wins. We're gonna prototype it. Uh, hopefully, we're gonna hit some stuff with it safely and um, at least try it and see see what happens. So that'll be fun. Excellent. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I was eligible, but I'll keep working on the boots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great way. I mean, you know, and you don't want metal boots. You want you want real sneakers. They're going to weigh less. It's going to be better traction, perhaps. You know, it'll be great. Um, maybe back. You, know, you mentioned you, you you switched to on shape for for doing your design work. Was this anybody's first time on the team using on shape, or was was there some experience before? So I think a lot of us have started to use Onshape a lot more for our first robotics teams. Um, I can tell you my, my CAD history goes way back. I actually, I started out as a, uh, a wildfire uh, PTC right. user um, a long time ago. And then I've done a lot of my professional career um, in SolidWorks. Um, but I think that we've all kind of gotten into Onshape, especially with the students that we mentor on our first teams for all the same reasons, right? It's easy to get going. Um, we don't have to get special CAD computers. They can take it home. They can do it. Like we can, like, I, I will say right now, I love the follower mode in Onshape. Like being able to- the best features. It is, it is low key or, or maybe front and center, one of the best things ever for collaborations where it's, hey, check, check this out. Just follow along with what's going on. And so um, there's a lot of times when James or Orion are doing like magical, mystical things that I don't understand that I'm sitting there following them. And then there's other times when, you know, I have kids on the robotics team that I mentor in CAD where I can follow them and kind of give them coaching in real time as they're working. And that doesn't matter whether I'm sitting across the room or they're at home or 
I'm on a business trip on the other side of the country. So it's pretty amazing in that regard. So, yeah, but we've gotten pretty, pretty uh, familiar with Onshape, uh, especially as it's taken off in popularity in the first week. Yeah, it's totally, you know, doing really well in, in first for sure. I think there was some stat showing, you know, Onshape was used in the vast majority of the top 20 winning teams uh, in the past year. So it's uh, it's really exciting to see. I'm so happy to, to see that. I, I, I think I, I, it was about 20 years ago was my first time involved with first robotics at my my former technical high school that I went to and uh, it was just a great experience it I, I can imagine it's so much crazier and bigger now than it, than it was then but uh, it, it's great to see teams really working together um, what's the future look like for switchback you know you got you got the the new you know attachments that that are you're gonna be you know, kind of crowdsourcing from from the competition. Is there any other things that are on the horizon that you think might be good for next year without spilling all the beans and stealing your own thunder? Yeah, we have a we have a giant list um, of the upgrades and improvements that we need to make for next season. Um, I think the good thing where we're at right now is that we've proven the platform of the 2.0 design works really well. We just need to fix some of the things that are not as great as we wanted them to be, but it's not a uh, blank slate design. And I think that that was one of the things we were really trying for going out of this season was to, to prove a design. And if you look at the top robots that are consistently out there year to year, you'll see like, oh, maybe they tweaked it, but the robots look majority the same. And BattleBots is one of those things where you need several years of iteration on a core design to get everything working flawlessly before you can make a deep run at the giant nut. And I think that the upgrade from 1.0 last year to 2.0 this year, I think that next year will be closer to, we're going to call it 3.0 because it's going to be major stuff, but it's probably going to be a 2.5 design based on the platform we did for this year. So um, we're going to, strengthen the things it breaks. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about our weapon system. Weapon power is actually, um, you'll notice in our first fight that we burned up our weapon motors. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, we might see that that uh, that problem show up again. Um, but um, it's, you know, it, it's it's all little stuff, though. And I think that that's uh, where uh, we're definitely going to use only, we're going to minimize the types of screws on our next robot. Um, but, How do you keep uh, I mean, track of all the, the backlog of things that you want to improve? Do you just do it all in your head? Is it on the fly? Or do you keep track of it? No. We have a, we have a Google doc. Um, we do a lot of master, like just like Onshapes online, like we do everything organizationally with the robot in Google stuff. So yeah. we've got all of our sheets and all of our expenses and all of our, everything related oh, we have we have a master google doc that's got like all of our calculations for weapon design and all this stuff and we just we keep everything together and so we just rolled into the next season uh on like little things that uh we need to improve but uh that's great and combat's all about the details right it's it's uh it's easy enough to put a giant block of steel or aluminum at the front of your robot but it's it's ironing out all the little little things, the electrical and, and all the little power handoffs between mechanisms and stuff that, that we got to nail down. That's right. 
Excellent. Excellent. Wow. Well, I, I definitely need to get some episodes under my belt to, to I want to see see you guys fight some more. I got to find a way of getting on the discovery and and watching it because it's uh, Richard keeps uh, keeps I, hearing I, how awesome I, it is. So. Come on, I come back out here to Vegas. Yeah. I've got all the episodes still on the DVR. Uh, that's the way I like to watch them, and that way I can go back and I can watch some more. And if there's a great fight, I can watch it twice. Um, so yeah, I've got all the episodes and they're continuously DVR'd, uh, every week. Um, something else that's new this year, um, the Destructathon. Mm -hmm. Um, so here in Las Vegas, they're doing battle bots, Destructathon fights every night of the week. And I was looking at some tickets today. I think I'm going to head out this weekend and, uh, and see one of the tapings this weekend. I'm going to buy myself some VIP tickets so I can sit up in that little box up there and, uh, and high five all the teams as they come out to come out to shoot there. So looking forward yeah. to that this weekend. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about, some of us are talking about heading out to Vegas to go see one of those shows also. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like Cirque du Soleil or any Vegas show. You can fly into Vegas yep. for the weekend and go see BattleBots live. Um, one of the things that we're excited about that, um, and, and BattleBots has made this pretty public, is the ability that where they might be opening it up to teams to bring stuff to test. So on a random Destructathon weekend, um, you might see actually real robots fighting. Um, so that there's like the house bots or versions of the ones that were on TV designed for the show. Um, so you'll see those all the time. But you might see like Switchback 2.5 might show up on a random weekend for us to get testing in and to do stuff. And we'll do that as part of one of those destructathons. So it's a, uh, it's a very cool thing, especially with, with the challenges of testing um, these robots safely to have a permanent installation arena that we can go hit stuff with and not worry about our safety. And, and not to mention the fact that now I can go watch battle bots anytime I want. I don't have to wait a year in between seasons. So that works out real nice. Yeah. They just need to get a uh, betting going on that, right? So you can bet, Vegas, right? I'm sure you can bet on it somewhere, somehow. <laughs> in this town. Uh, so, hey, if you guys decide to come out and uh, and take part in the Destructathon, give me a heads up. And uh, after the battles, we'll head over to my favorite restaurant right across the street from the arena there. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds great. And it definitely will uh, we'll do that. Excellent. Well, guys, it has been great having you here. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're looking forward to watching the rest of the season and seeing how it turns out for you. And uh, and of course, the design contest. I can't wait to see some of the uh, some of the entries. Uh, you're not going to see mine as an official entry, um, but I'm sure there are going to be some really good ones. So, looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, it's very nice to meet you all. I wish, wish you the best of luck with the the competition. It's going to be great, and maybe I'll come out. Again, as well, Richard, have to. All right, sounds good. As well, so. Well, and you know, uh, the team is planning on. Uh, we're we're gonna try to compete next season too. So hopefully, our uh, our uh, we can continue to do cool stuff like this contest. Stay stay around with On Shape and as a as a key sponsor for us, and then you'll be able to come out and see us film it live. Mike. Yep, that'd be yeah. sure. We're that'd we're we're fully behind you guys. Well. Once again, thanks again uh, for joining us. Please uh, like and subscribe so you get all the notifications and uh, notifications of live streams and things like that. On Shape Live, make sure to sign up now for that yep. if you haven't. Yep. Uh, March 1st and 2nd, uh, as well as LiveWorks, our live in-person event happening in May in Boston. Beautiful time of year to come to Boston. So 
uh, all sorts of great training and things that PTC does, you know, uh, lots of different things, uh, you know, IOT, VR, things like that, that, that they're into as well. So it's really, but there's, there's also handshakes and back slapping and having a beer with your friend and sitting down with a burger, uh, it's time. It's time for us to get back together and uh, and have some fun. Absolutely. So once again, thank you and uh, have uh, an excellent time. 